I am Yuri Makarama. Plugging some people. I'm gonna start it here. Saying hold on, but what for? 
Make sure when you leave, you shut the front door. Well, leave and get the fuck on. Pack your bags, leave the keys right there on the table and get the fuck on. What's wrong? I'm waving so long, you saying hold on, but what for? Just make sure when you leave, you shut the front door. Peace, prosperity, salutations. You're now rocking with the brand. This is real life, real talk. We are in the Melanated Alliance. I got my brother D up here. What's good, family? Um, so you know how we do the damn thing. Um, I just thought it was an appropriate song to start it off with because, I mean, it can go for either men and, or women. So that's the topic for tonight. It's like, can toxic relationships become healthy? Um, and before we go there, I uh, just want to say that uh, if this is your first time with me, make sure you go to my webpage, www.yurimakarama.com, so you can download my app. Also, uh, make sure that you are connecting with our nonprofit, the Unity Walk Organization. Uh, yes, there are real uh, conscious people out here. There are real conscious organizations out here that are doing work. And yes, we we have some rules with us. Yeah, that's, yeah. The white man has rules with him too. Yeah, he's got rules with him too. So niggas don't want to break the white boy's rules because when I think about, when I think about Sandra Bland, when I think about Kareem Gaines, when I think about Terrence Crutcher, when I think about Tamir Rice, when I think about Alton Sterling, when I think about Philando Castile, when I think about Trayvon Martin, when I think about Nia Wilson, when I think about, I think I mentioned Terrence Crutcher, right? When I think about Michael Brown, Eric Garner, when I think about these people, yeah, uh, none of those deaths have been avenged. So, so none of those, I repeat, none of those deaths have been avenged which means that black folks is definitely following the white man's rules because the white man's rule says that you will not avenge these deaths, that you will take it, take this soup, niggas, and stand down. Well, the black conscious community, particularly organizations like mine, the Unity Walk, we have rules too. And I know it's hard to follow a black man's rules. Get used to that shit because we will rule again. That's how we getting down. So uh, with that said, D, can toxic relationships turn healthy? And I want to say this, that I want to say that, um, oh, that that Unity Walk page, www.theunitywalk.com. So I want to say before we get into that, um, we have a poetry slam tomorrow on poetry in motion on Clubhouse. We still have some open slots it's $75 for the first place winner, $50 for the second place winner, and $25 for the third place winner. So if you would like to participate in that, please hit the DM. Um, now, understand that if you participate, if uh, and, and I, I'm going to uh, open the open the thing for uh, uh, for uh, IG. If you participate over here on IG, then you're going to you're going to you're going to be showing your face. So you're going to have to do your piece kind of live. Um, but that is a poetry slam that is tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern on Clubhouse. And it will be um, seventy five dollars 
9 p.m. Eastern Time. $75 first place winner, $50 second place winner, and $25 for the third place winner. So if you'd like to partake in that, uh, bang, bring your best pieces, because um, I will be one of the judges. Yeah, uh, it gets real up in here. Uh, we're looking at cadence. I'm looking at metaphors. I'm looking at prose. I'm looking at I'm looking at all of this prose prose. Um, yeah, cadence. I'm looking at uh, uh, there are some rules. You can't go over five minutes. You'll get doc points. Um, it's the three judges. The max points you can get from each judge is ten. So uh, it should be fun, uh, and uh, there are no restrictions on the pieces. So um, as far as we are trying to keep it, um, we as far as restrictions on the pieces, there's no real restrictions, but we really are trying to keep it, uh, 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 keeping the gender issue uh, kind of out of there, so to speak. Um, and what do I mean by that? Keeping the gender issue kind of out of there. What do I mean? So I'm Yarima Kram. I'm just going to keep it real with you. We're not going to hold no punches. We really don't want that transgender shit up in there. I'm just going to be out funky. I just keep it funky with you. This is the conscious community. We got some fucking rules with us. We don't want that, that, that transgender stuff up in there. You know, the, the, the transgender poems. Yeah, keep that shit over there. We ain't, we ain't trying to hear that shit over here. So, with that said, hmm, hell of a topic. Can toxic relationships turn healthy? And so, you know, D, as we were as we were talking earlier about this topic, um, the one thing that hit me was the fact that <clears throat> I was thinking about, and I've said this before, um, I was thinking about um you know, in school, how they um, how they will teach like fire drills. They'll teach you the fire drill, where you need to go. They'll run the drill throughout per periodically throughout the school year. They'll go through the tornado drill and, and they'll go through these different drills for the children. Like you got to get up under your desk or you go out into the hallway and you kneel by your locker and you, you know, you get down in the fetal position and all of this. So so they have they have. Uh, 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 protocols in place they run a drill because they are preparing if some bad shit happens this shit goes sour you already know what you should do in real time because we're running the drill now and so it's in certain workplaces they do the same thing okay every quarter they're going to make sure the fire alarm works and then they're going to run a drill with the employees. What came to me, D, and wealth, and the floor is open if others want to come up. We'd definitely like to get some feminine energy in on this. But what came to me is why don't we prepare? Why aren't we doing the drill to prepare for if this relationship goes bad? How do we come out of this and still, because, 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 even when we talk about, you know, people say that there's a thin line between between love and hate. And I tend to think that <clears throat> I said this the other day talking to a young lady that uh, it's not necessarily a thin line between love and hate. It's actually a thin line between betrayal and hate. Um, and what I meant by that is that it's not always it's not always see, see, it's 
people say there's a thin line between love and hate. But usually when people part ways, it's some fucked up shit that happened to, to get them to that point. So it's not the love, actually. It's the betrayal that, that, that took place in a lot of cases. Now, I'm not talking about these cases where people are literally one person in the relationship is, is miserable and they're deciding, yo, it's time for me to move on. I can't stay here no more. This shit is just not working. It's not necessarily toxic, but the relationship is just not working for them. I'm not talking about that. That's that. Those are a different scenario. I'm talking about um, <clears throat> you come in and you hear the squeaking bed and all of that. And, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I got to go. Oh, I thought you loved me. No, there's a thin line or a person start. People start grabbing guns and wanting to shoot and all of that. And people is like, oh, I thought they loved me. No, it, love had nothing to do with it. It was the betrayal that took place that you faced. So when we talk about can toxic relationships turn healthy, how long do you stay in a relationship before you realize that this shit is not moving on or you believe or you've invested so much time and energy into the relationship that you can't see the forest for the trees and you keep hoping that the shit will change for the better? Anybody want to add to that? Man, brother, yes. <laughs> I would love to add to that. Um, yeah, bro, we had, we had a really, uh, really insightful conversation earlier. What's up, bro? How you feeling, bro? I'm good. Um, I'm good, family. Peace, Thank bro. you. Peace, bro. Peace, um, But, you know, in, in that conversation, I, I came I came uh, to some realizations. Um, and one thing that just crossed my mind uh, while you were speaking, Yurima, was the fact that, you know, with this... Uh, with this like deeply embedded Christian indoctrination that we deal with, there's this there's this underlying notion that to love somebody, to show somebody that you love them, you have to sacrifice yourself. You know, this whole idea of, you know, Christ sacrificing himself for the church so that he can show that they love. That's that's like deeply embedded in the psyche of people when it comes to what they expect for you to show that you love them. That mm. means I have to die. I have to die or sacrifice myself to show you that I love you, hmm. you know? And so I think we got this idea, which, which, and, and I mean, and it's, in its essence is a toxic idea that, um, I think it's, I think it starts from, you know, early childhood or something where, you know, there's, there's like this expectation that, you know, I'm not even going to say from childhood. I'm going to stick to where I'm at with it. The bottom line is that if if there's something about me that if there's a void that I need to fill, I have to seek outside of myself to fill that void. And so when a person at whatever point decides to hold me accountable for filling that void myself, I become not only offended, but defensive in the sense that, you know, how dare you expect more of me? You know what I'm saying? Like, how dare you, you know, not sacrifice the part of you that needs more from me uh, for the sake of, uh, you know, validating where it is that I am. Mm. That makes sense. And so, you know, that's 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 a notion that I reject. That you know, my my growth is my growth as an individual um, is exactly that. You know, I'm on my journey, and I know 
because of the fact that I've done shadow work and that I've spent time with self and that I understand who I am. I know what I require and I know what I have to offer. And so to, to enter a situation with those with those standards and to say that, you know, these are my deal breakers, these are things that, you know, I would like to see you uh, put effort towards. And then, you know, vice versa, I'm willing to do the same, you know, for the sake of meeting the need. But um, at whatever point that, that, that any of those needs are not being met or at whatever point that I feel like where you're at is not in line with my frequency, I should feel comfortable enough to have that conversation with you. And I should feel confident and secure enough in the fact that, you know, you'll put effort in that direction. So when we're dealing with being conscious of being, you know, th- those of us who know Queen and me, you have to go live over here with me. You know, there is no phone number to call in. People. Um, you know, that's 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 an issue that we deal with a lot is you know, because there's levels to this shit. You might find yourself, you know, seeking certain things out of somebody that may not be on that level just yet. You know, and so that's why it's important to, you know, to uh, to to figure out who somebody is before you get in too deep. You know, you're in a situation where you compromise on so many of your primary ideals for the sake of filling a void. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, sit down, figure out who you are first. That way, when you enter a situation, you know, it's easy for you to see from the beginning that these are things, these are attributes that I can't necessarily deal with because they're not aligned with my path and where I'm going. So are you saying that? So <clears throat> the example you just gave is somebody not being necessarily on your level. Should the conversation at that point be that um, should the conversation be um, raise your levels? And if I'm still available, then we can talk in the future or, you know, I'm, I, I, how I, I, and are you seeing this at the start or are you is this a is this a progression as you all are actually moving into the relationship that you are starting to see that wait a minute this shit ain't meshing um and you know I'm realizing some things I mean how soon do you see this um from the perspective of am I going to deal with this person long term relationship or not that's, that's a good question. I, I look at it kind of like the, the conversation we had around uh, the 80-20 thing where, you know, 80%, you know, a, a person might, might contain 80% of what it is that you seek or require. Um, and then that other 20%, it's like, is that does that 20% carry enough weight for you to decide not to deal with that person? Um, for me, the energy for me is, it's not necessarily, okay, you you have these attributes and you do these things that I don't agree with, so I can't rock with you. What it is, is do you, are you, are you actually on a journey? You know, do you have intentions to grow to a certain place and do your actions align with those intentions? You know, do your actions align with who you claim to be or where you are, where you, where you claim to be on your journey? Um, are you self-aware? Or do you see yourself? Mm. You know, those, those are those are the questions that I ask. Do you see yourself? If I was to hold you accountable for something that we both claim to stand on, um, or will you be defensive and you know uh, just defend the fact that you want to live this lifestyle? You know, whatever the case might be. Um, and so th- those are the things that I look for. It's like, is this some is this something that I can work with in the sense that you know. Uh, you know, I've been 
in situations where, you know, a person may put up a certain type of facade when you meet them, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, you know, off gate, you're like, okay, this, this is something I can rock with, you know, but, but even if you see certain little red flags, you might ignore them because that facade is so intricate. It's like, okay, yeah, they, everything else sounds good. It looks good. So maybe I can work with it. This other little piece might change. But then when that facade wears off, you realize how much of who that person is and, um, you know, a lot of times when you when you out here, you're unapologetic in what you what you're about, and you represent certain things. People see that, and they know what to say and how to be, and mm-hmm. you know what to rep- how to represent themselves to be acceptable to somebody on that you know of that caliber. But then, you know, when when they get in your space, you know, it's only a matter of time before what they really represent comes out, and then it's like, hold on, like, did you bamboozle me, or is it just that? You're not quite there yet, mm. um, and so when you when you're able when you when you're communicating those issues, and you say, "Hey, you know, I'm a brother that stands on this, this, and this, and I don't like the fact that you know this is how you operate." Like, do you think that's okay? If 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 a woman's getting defended, and obviously this, I'm a man, so I'm speaking on it from my perspective, dealing with women, and it's probably the same for a lot of sisters and de- dealing with certain brothers, you know. But for me, it's like you know, hey, this. This is the this is the uh, this is what I feel like is happening between us, and where I feel like I may need to change, you know, or or, or should be adjusted. And mm. if that response is extremely defensive, or you know, whatever the case, then I know that this might not be a situation that can grow from where it is at, because self awareness is key in, in, in all all elevation. We can't get nowhere until we can at least say, hey. This is where I'm trying to get to on my journey. This is where I am. It's not necessarily aligned. So let me make some adjustments. But is some of the onus is some of the onus on <clears throat> because you you gave a great example. It's an example that I can really personally relate to. So the example you gave is a person, you know, uh, a person out here who's on a certain who's on a certain level. Um, they're unapologetic about that and. Um, then somebody comes along to kind of mold themselves or do all the things that would seem appealing to this person who's on this level. And then when you get inside, when that person gets inside the relationship aspect of it, the, 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 the layers of the onion start to get peeled back and they start to realize that, oh, this person was maybe putting on a facade, was maybe putting on, you know, a front and they're really not on this level is part of the onus on us who are who are the perceived ones on that level is part of the onus on us because and the reason I say that is because um, for those of us on that level and we make no apologies for being on that level for those of us on that level it's a lonely fucking road like this shit is lonely and there's not that many of us there's not that many of us doing this healing because what we're doing literally is healing work. And so anybody coming in presenting that they are a part or, or, or they resemble our tribe, we tend to gravitate to. So it's part of the onus on us for gravitating simply because simply because it's a lonely road and we are, aren't aren't recognizing that this person 
is potentially putting on a facade or is not at least at the level that we're at? Well, I I, I feel two ways about that. Um, on one level, no, I, I don't feel like it is on us because, you know, the same way how... Uh, the same way how, you know, Black Lives Matter can use an RBG flag. If I'm if I'm the type of person, I'm a Pan-African and I'm a Garveyite and I rock with the RBG colors and I look out the corner of my eye and I see an RBG flag and I start going in that direction thinking this is my tribe and I get there and realize they scream their hands up, don't shoot. And I'm like, oh, God damn, I got bamboo. I got bamboo. You know, it's not it's not it's not your fault for being bamboozled. You know? Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it is example. up to you to make a decision as to whether or not you're going to deal with this situation, um, either thinking, you know, either in hopes that things may change or that, you know, the compromise is sufficient and you're able to get to a certain point with this person. Um, but then when you realize that that's not the case, if you realize that that's not the case, um, then the onus is on you to, uh, to make a decision as to whether or not you're going to continue delaying the inevitable or if you're going to just make a toxic situation worse by trying to, you know, by trying to make it work. Because nine times out of ten, I feel like if the situation is toxic, it's because the thing that's keeping you there is probably more superficial than what it is that you require to sustain a healthy relationship. Is that really a toxic relationship, though? Or because so. because there's there, there's differences, um, you come to the realization that we're not on the same parallel uh, plane. We're not in the same lane on this road. Um, you're actually in the slow lane. I'm in the fast lane. Uh, we're you know we're we're not aligned as I perceived us to be. Is that toxicity or is that just um, is that just uh, people who are on two different paths who? come to the recognition that this shit isn't going to, or at least one of them comes to the recognition that this shit isn't, is just not going to work. I, I think it depends. I think it depends on, uh, on that 80-20. You know, what, uh, what attributes carry the most weight to you? You know, and now if it's something as small as, um, you know, we, we, in some of the conversation that we had yesterday, you know, uh, about, uh, what were the rules? What are the rules of the conscious slash woke community? A huge portion of the conversation was spent talking about, you know, sisters' hair, you know, and weave and wigs and things of that nature. And I definitely don't want to jump back down that rabbit hole. Um, and, and, and there's different levels to what people expect in, in terms of, you know, dealing with somebody on their journey and stuff like that. But prime example, you know, if you know, if, if a standard that I set for myself is to say, hey, because I know who I am, you know, and on my journey, you know, I've, I've develop this, you know, Afrocentric mentality where if I'm going to deal with a woman, I want her to be natural, you know, head to toe. You know what I'm saying? And so if that if that carries enough weight for me, for me to say, okay, this woman here checks all the boxes, whatever the case is, um, but this one thing may not necessarily meet my ideals, you know, does that carry enough weight for me to say, oh, now nah, I can't deal with Shorty because this ain't, you know, this ain't this right here is not in line with my with the, the perfect image that I had in my mind. You know, um, does that carry enough weight, or do you see other attributes that carry more weight to make you know to make that that situation something that's palatable um, until you can reach an understanding in terms of you know whatever the case is, whether or not 
y'all are on two different levels of consciousness or you know are you able to build despite that and is that something that's able to be compromised on either end so I, I think there's a lot of moving parts to it you know what I'm saying and, and, and there's different levels of people that you meet there may be somebody who, uh, who aesthetically might represent everything that you want you know in terms of um, you know how they look you know how they carry themselves or you know fucking their hair or their body and, and they might check all of those physical boxes you know they might even make you feel good when you're around them but you find out that intellectually they're not necessarily up to par you know, you can't you can't really have an in-depth conversation because, you know, they might be lame brain. So in that situation, that intellect that you require because of what level you're on, that carries so much weight that the physical attraction, you know, all the rest of that shit, all those boxes that are checked is pretty much in vain because there's I, I need so much more, you know, in this other department. You know, so again, I, I think it varies in terms of what what you require as an individual, how how much you're willing to compromise, um, you know, and then also um, how much of how much of you know whether or not you really even know what you want, mm. you know, and I think that's that's another thing. A lot of people really just don't know what it is that they want, mm. um, and so you just take whatever looks and feels good, and you just deal with the rest on the back end. Mm. You know, a lot of people are willing to jump head first into a situation without knowing if this is something that's really for them. And they really and really think that in their mind. I'll just deal with the rest on the back end. You know, yeah, this person's a little, uh, yeah, this nigga's a little aggressive. He gets a little disrespectful, but it's never too crazy. I'll deal with that on the back end because, you know, he's this, this, and this, and this. Mm. You know, and then when shit hits the fan, it's like, damn, now I done got myself in a situation, a toxic situation, because I can't, I can't, uh, you know, this this man might pay all the bills, but he's abusive. You know, so now I'm trapped in this situation. Or this woman, you know, um, convinced me that all of these men were all just friends, and now I'm in a toxic situation. I might look stupid. You know, mm. whatever the case is, um, yeah, it, it goes in all directions. You know what I mean? That's, that's why I think this is a good conversation. I think we should get some queens up here if y'all are willing to speak. Peace, family. Peace. Um, this, this is wealth over here on on, on uh, Clubhouse. Peace, man. Peace. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here with Queen tonight. Yeah, she 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 listening in tonight, and, and it's, it's it's as always, man. The conversation is right on time, right? Um, just just to add in uh, my my perspective, um, me and my, me 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 and my Queen, we we um we dated. Um, we started dating in teenage years. She was 15, I was 17, hmm. right? And um. We dated for five years before we got married. And that five years was kind of like my interview period. Mm. Like it was it was my interview period. Now, I, I, I don't know. If, well, I guess if you're looking at it in a broad sense, it was a blessing that before I met my queen, I grew up, um, my, my immediate females, uh, mostly in my immediate environment, they was, they was um, you know, it's like the hood. You know what I mean, and I, 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 I got um, I the first female that I that uh, uh I had a relationship with, like you know, dating relationship with before the queen, she was what everybody in the hood called a ten, physically, right? But 
was the most hell that I've been through in in any kind of relationship with a female, right? Mm. In the sense that it was nonstop lying, nonstop just deceit, nonstop beefing, like just I was fighting dudes all the time because <laughs> she's saying that they just friends and and, and 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 she's flipping the script and telling me that it was them trying to shoot at her. And and after that experience, you know, it was like it was like you know, like I think like almost two years, you know, and um, I realized what it was. You know what I mean? I realized what it was and what it was. It was her. Right. And the universe just showed me, showed me, you know, showed me what that was in, 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 in an amazing way. Because uh, one of the dudes that she was dealing with, you know, I used to rap back in the days and we was in a street cipher and <laughs> I ended up ciphering with this dude. Right. And, you know, he, he was nice. I was nice. And we ended up building a barn. And one time he spit and he was talking about a female and it sounded just like the thing I was dating. Mm. Right? But she had a, he called her by a different name. So after the cipher, we talking and, and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, um, tell me more. And I'm, I'm like, cause that sounds like the female I've been dating. And you know, come to find out it's the same female. She just gave him an alias, right? Now we living in the same hood, but like two blocks away from each other. So, you know, the, 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 the king, he, we, you know, we didn't fight over it or anything. It was like a word. I needed to see it for myself. So, you know, he set up a little sting operation and, uh, you know, she gave me an alibi how she had to go see a cousin or whatever, whatever. And, you know, she, everything was exposed. <laughs> right. Mm. And, and, and that's when I realized I felt stupid at that moment. I looked back at all the other times and I was like, wow. I was getting boss game run on me. Mm. You know what I mean? But I was so naive at the time. I didn't. I didn't know what it was. Mm. You know what I mean? And at, when I met my queen, the the contrast was so different because she was the she was the first female. I mean, she was fifteen at the time, and it blew my mind because I come from a single home. She come from a, a, a single parent home, but she messed me up when she started cooking and bringing food for me. <laughs> I mean, that might sound like simple stuff, right? But not nowadays. Me, that was, was <laughs> mind-blowing. That mm -hmm. was mine because she used to take like two buses to come see me, right? And and she would bring me food. And I'm like, yeah, your mom cooked this fish? No, I cooked this food. And I didn't believe it until she cooked food right in front of me, right? So I was, wow, this is different. And she wasn't about the streets. She wasn't about the streets. Like, she didn't... Like the other female, she, all I was at a night, she was running the streets. And this one, she was about like that home life, right? My queen. And, and I was like, whoa. But I was so hesitant because of that first experience. So that's why the interview period was so long, right? Like I was, I, I tried to run away from her, but the universe just got guided me back to her, right? And um, hmm. we, we got we got married. We got married. I went to the military and, and then I came back and, and, and I wiped up the queen. You know what I mean? Now, it doesn't mean that the whole and, and now you know we 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 we've been together what twenty two years, mm. 23, 23 years. We've been married eight, eighteen out of those. Thank you, thank you, thank you, King. And 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 I don't want anybody to think that the journey was peaches and cream because one thing that I realized was that when we were dating, that was one level. 
when we got married and moved in together, it's the first time we lived together. That was something different, mm. right? And I'm, I, I, and being transparent, I remember I used to say like, "Yo, why you change?" Right? Why you change? Because it seemed like the person that I was dating wasn't the person that I married. <laughs> right? And and a lot of that comes from uh, came as we discussed and, and learned each other over the years. A lot of that came from the miseducation that we got in the home that she got in the home. Right? Was that you know once once you get the ring, then you can you can do other things. Right? And. Um, and and we went through turbulent times. We went through turbulent times early in the relationship. We went through turbulent times um, where we were now really starting to get to know each other. And then some some some, some bad behaviors that mostly was learned from the household started coming out. Right now, we 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 had our first kid two years into the marriage, and um, I, I think that was a blessing. Because during those turbulent times, uh, I, I'm, I'm built different, right? I'm built different. I didn't want my kids to ever go through what I went through, you know, wishing and yearning for a two-parent household. Mm. And um, I was like, yo, you know what? I, I've, I've, that, in that five-year interview period, it was bliss. You know what I mean? It was bliss. I don't even think we ever argued. And, and you might have had, like, small disagreements, but never to the point of an argument, right? And... Um, it let me know that there was there was uh, there was something better. No matter how bad it got, I remembered what's what's in there, what was in it. You know what I mean? And I was taught that leaders lead from the front, right? And and when you lead in from the front, you know what I mean? You gotta understand that if you're out front, you're gonna look to your left, you're gonna look to your right, and it's not gonna be nobody next to you because you're out front. So it's gonna be a lonely journey most of the times. And some of the times you might be lucky, you might be blessed to um, to line up with other leaders that might be sharing that, that journey with you um, at that moment. And then you can find some companionship there, you know what I mean? But I had no, no, no point of references. Like none of my friends was married. They thought I was crazy for getting married that young. Her friends thought the same thing, you know what I mean? So we really didn't have... Um, guys, we had to seek out guys, you know, uh, older married people that we would we would go um, we would we would find and try to like get some know how on how to work through some of the some of the things that we was going through. You know what I mean? Mm. Now, what I call that toxic, I, I wouldn't call it toxic. Toxic was 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 that first female that was toxic. That was nonstop poison. It was poison to my mind, poison to my spirit. It was nonstop poison, right? Now, the sex was good. That was about it. <laughs> right? That was about it. That was the only thing that was brought to the table. You know what I mean? But mm. everything else was headache and and, 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 and just hell, right? So I, I, I was, I was uh, we, we, we had to learn each other. We had to learn... Uh, I, I think from early age, I kind of had an allergy self, but that was. Must have got a call. Peace, how y'all doing tonight? Peace, peace. Yanni Sam, five, salute. Peace, peace. You, you, uh, Chanel, you, you, you must have got a call or something. You cut out for like a long period of time. 
cut out again. Still out. Yeah. Um, I. Yes. So, um, can toxic relationships turn healthy? That is um, going to be dependent on the people in that relationship. Yeah. Hello. You can't hear me. Oh. Oh, my, my apologies. My they messed with my Wi-Fi just now. I didn't realize I ain't got cut off. Yeah, you 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 got cut off like two three minutes ago. Oh wow, my my apologies. I didn't mean to interrupt. Somebody was talking. Yeah, Aisha had gone because we we thought you got a call or something. So. Oh man, all right, go ahead, go ahead. I'll continue. Okay. Um. Yeah, it depends on you know if it's one person being toxic or if it's both parties exhibiting toxic behaviors. It's going to really be up to the um to the individuals if they want to start to do the inner work and the shadow work to turn that toxic relationship into something healthy but that first you have to acknowledge that you're, you even have toxic traits and uh, a lot of times as females we we like to put the blame solely on the man if they're not moving exactly how we want them to move and that in itself can be toxic if we're not um, able to let go of past and previous relationships that damaged us and we take that um, hurt and that pain and we place it all on that person or we move in a way where we're, we're still you know stuck in the trauma of the previous relationship but we're, we're projecting that on our other person that's a toxic trait and the first thing you know you have to do in order to turn that healthy is you have to acknowledge that and you have to start doing that inner work so that that can be something that can turn into something healthy same thing with men you know when it comes to physical and or mental abuse that has to be something they have to acknowledge and they have to be willing to change and wanting to do the work if not then it's never going to turn into a healthy relationship. It's just going to continue toxic. And at that point, it's really, you know, how much and how long are you willing to put up with that? And, you know, so. Thank you. I, 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 I appreciate that, Aisha, because I think even even from the standpoint of just um, that, that, that little bit that you said, I think that that needs to be um, the projection part. And as a black man, I know that we get a lot of, you know, we catch a lot of hell. We get the bad rap. It's like everything on planet Earth is our fault, even though we haven't raped, robbed and pillage um, whole countries and, and things like that. We haven't dropped bombs over Hiroshima or anything, but we catch the flack um, if, you know, if a black woman gets raped and black men are there and nobody jumps in. Um, you know, hey, black women aren't protected by black men, um, you know, and and in certain circumstances, people don't even realize maybe why the people or the or the individual there who didn't jump in there. There's just so many things that we get the blame for. So I'm just glad that you you specify that in in relationships, there are black women who project as well um, and, and, and bring, you know, some toxicity to the relationship because we, we, we catch hell on this side. So, um, you want to finish up wealth and then we want to get to believe in self. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, I think um, we got somebody yeah. over here on IG who's going to be coming up too. All right. Go ahead. So yeah, I, I don't even know where they cut me off, man, but, but what, what, what I was saying was, um, that, that we, 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 because we both came from, from uh, dysfunctional homes, right, me and the queen, uh, when we got married, uh, we brought some of those dysfunctions with us because mm -hmm. that's all we knew. 
right? That's all we knew. And and but we knew that there was a, a there was a, there was a part of us, uh, a large that 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 was uh, in sync with each other. You know what I mean? We 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 wanted a family. We we wanted a um, a healthy relationship, but not knowing all the tools that goes into that um, will cause some disturbances in the relationship. You know what I mean? Now, I wouldn't call, there was some rough patches. I wouldn't call it toxic. I, I, I would call those learning curves, right? What was toxic was that first, what I, uh, what I identified with that first uh, relationship I was telling you guys about, that was all just, 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 non-stop uh, hell state, you know what I mean? Always in some kind of drama, you know, emotionally draining activity, mm. you know what I mean? And, and and whereas, you know, me and the queen, we, 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 we for the most part, we always wanted, uh, we wanted better for ourselves in that relationship. And we didn't really have a lot of, uh, we didn't have a lot of examples to lean on. Uh, 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 the, our friends weren't married. They thought we was crazy to get married that young, you know what I mean? Um, so we had to seek out older couples, married couples, uh, that could kind of like pour some guidance and perspective into our relationship to, to help us to work through some of those things that we was getting stuck at, you know what I mean? Um, I, 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 you know, it, it's... Um, it's, it's that 80%, I guess, that D was talking about, man. The 80% was dead. The 20% was the part we had to figure out. We had to work through. And sometimes uh, you can start focusing on that 20% so much that, that, that it seems like it's bigger than the 80%, mm. right? But understanding that, because I already had a reference point, I knew that, you know, the, the, I, I knew that that 80% was still there in the queen. You know what I mean? And we evolved and we grew and we're still growing to this day. You know what I mean? But now we just overcame a lot of that dysfunction. Now, just lastly, I want to add that during that time, you know what I mean? It was it was a lonely journey, especially like I can speak for myself. It was a lonely journey because leaders lead from the front. And unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess, you know, when you lead in from the front, you're going to look to your left and your right. And you're not going to see nobody there. It's going to be lonely. That's in the definition of a leader up front, right? And every now and again on your journey, you might see somebody to your left or your right. That's another leader that happens to be going in the same direction that you're going in on their journey. And you can enjoy some companionship, you know what I mean? But ultimately, you know, you, I had to make up my mind that, you know, regardless if I'm by myself or not, I know what I want. I know, I know, I know myself and I, and I know, you know, I know who I am. And even if there was nobody else around in the absence of light, I had to become the light. You know what I mean? And and just those mindsets just helped to strengthen me and, and my resolve and, 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 and my queen, you know, you know I, I'm not going to speak for her because, you know, I can only speak from what I experienced of her. But, you know, she went through her own growing process and, and you know, the, 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 the beauty of not quitting Right. The beauty of not quitting and, and, and persisting is that we right now, uh, our relationship is better than it has ever been. Right. Because we in tune with each other now. You know what I mean? We, and 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 it, I only, you know, I foresee it, it getting better. But, you know, you, you got to look into a part of dating is, is you, you got to do your research into the background. Right. You got to and, and prepare yourself 
for the things that, you know, you got to meet the family. You got to see where that person comes from, right? And, and understand that a large part of their thinking and, and their decision-making is based on what they learned in that environment, right? And if you're not willing to deal with those things in the, in the interview period, then don't hire that person as a mate. Right. I want to uh, I want to pose a question to the I want to pose a question to the queens. When is are, are the empresses uh, <clears throat> how long in before you recognize how long in because it, um, like wealth has been he's been in it 23 years now. How long in before you recognize whether it's toxic or not? How long of a process does that take? Is it the first years, the first six months, the first three months? Is it the first five years? How long in before you recognize, okay, this is toxic, I need to get out? Or this is toxic, but I believe that I'm so invested now that we'll just try to make the shit work. I'll just I'll just stay, I'll overstay and 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 hope that the shit works out. Believe in self. Why don't you? Why don't you? Uh, why don't you go? Because it's funny you ask that because I was just telling my little girl, oh, it couldn't have been twenty four, forty eight hours ago that before their dad, that men couldn't even make it a six month bed with me. <laughs> now I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's very funny because you know I've been with him. Oh God. Like I told you, I know we're not going on 14 years, years of marriage in October, but, um, and I'm telling, I'm having this conversation with a 15 year old. Yes. I know that's very close and his 11 year old. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> this was the other night. So, cause the 15 year old just turned 15 on the 30th. So, and I think it was around that time cause it feels like we were in the car, but it's funny you said that. Um, and a lot of what Aisha was saying, oh my gosh, Empress. GT Baggill right. CC over here on uh, Clubhouse or IG says a couple of months, first couple of months. Okay. Yes, and I'm going to tell you why she said that. It's because of her level of discernment. Hmm. Emperor, it's because of her discernment. Because that's really, that's the only thing I was waiting on Aisha to say. She took all the rest of the words right up out of my conversation. Ooh, about it. Like, if you ain't did that shadow work, because, and then Dee was saying something like, you know, you have like a one-off situation where like maybe like one or two things don't line up and maybe we can work through that. But um, it's, it has a lot to do with your level of discernment because really that six months did, that's like those are a few and far in between, you know, days. In 2021, it should only take you about 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> How you talking? Really? Really? I can't see no comments over there. I might need to come over there. But listen, about 10, 15 minutes soon as they open their mouth. Mm. But but I will say discernment plays a lot into that. Uh, back to what Aisha was saying, because this is so important. Because you may have those one-offs, you know, and then you have, you know, a bunch of, you know, different this now. Because when I read the title, <laughs> Can Toxic Relationships Turn Healthy, my first answer to myself was, hell no. Nah. Mm. That was my first reaction. I was like, let me come in here and see what's going on. But, listen, if you find yourself in a cycle, okay, meaning this is happening over and over and over and over and over again, you are projecting. And there is some shadow shit 
going on that you need to be uncovering and looking at and integrating and putting the pieces of the puzzle together to make sure that you are not meeting yourself in that form. Because what you can't stand, what you just, oh my God, can't vibe with, it's in you somewhere. You mm. have to do that work. You have to do that work and it get dark. That's why I call it the shadow, okay? You got to do that work because if it's a cycle, it's going to keep happening. And you're not even going to believe in love like that. Mm. You know? But here we go. You know, we're 14 years in. And I mean, just like um, Wolf was saying, it gets, it's like wine. It gets better with time. Like you just, you keep learning. You keep elevating. And you go to new levels. Now, when you get to the new levels, I know that the worldly people say new levels and devils, but it's going to be resistance. You know, like, but what y'all going to do? Is you going to fall? Is you going to go? See what I'm saying? That's what that's about. But that's all I wanted to say. That's all my testament. It shouldn't take too long. And if it is, you need to work on your level of environment. That's getting in touch with the God part of you. Because that's a part of your uh, your your gifts. You got fruit. Your fruit is, is mainly who you are at your core being. That's your love, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your gentleness. Like you're all of that. You're patient. You're, you're, you're meek. If you wouldn't meek, you would not be in this room. You could not be under your Rima Karama's voice if you were not meek, if you weren't teachable. See what I mean? Like, all of that is you. That's your, that's your core being. But your gifts, your level of prophecy, your discernment, your healing, all of that stuff, y'all better tap in with yourself. I'm going to say that, beloved. I love you. So, so self. So, believe in self. So, so, you know, I listen for what people say, but I also listen for what's not said. Come on. So, so in essence, this person, because you talk about, you and Aisha both talk about projection, which is very important. Um, so in essence, this person might, this person actually might not be the, the relationship for you, this person might be the person sent for you to take a look within yourself. People sometimes pass within our cipher for a season and then they move on. It's either a lesson or a blessing. Which right. one is it? Exactly. You ever see. So there's the potential for that, that this is a lesson coming to remind you of some shit that you have still have in your system that you have yet to work out. Oh, 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 wait, oh, wait. What did I say the other night? We talked about this. This, this kind of goes with one of those other conversations we were having. What did I say? My spiritual father said that you will get the same lesson, <laughs> yes. new professor, new right? professor, right? That's it. Mm. And that's, that's how you know that you're in a cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm, heavy. Shay, and then uh, Theodore. Um, what was the question? Um, how long does it take me to know if a man is toxic? Yes, yes. Um, about two weeks. So I'm like believing so I um uh, well actually I'm not like her because she's married and I'm not. <laughs> but I've had uh, well, I was in a relationship for three years, but anytime I'm not in a relationship, I'm under what I call a two week curse. And that's when I cannot that's when like I'm talking to a man, but like it does not go past two weeks. So yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Fair. Theodore. Theodore, are you with us? 
Um, 
you mentioned uh, just sitting back watching a person um, for the sake of conversation. What if that what if that situation was long distance? How do you watch from that distance? distant relationship and, and that's one of the things that like I, where I am I had been able to connect with a lot of people because of my since, since when I was out here thugging in and hoeing and, and just being a, a minister society I didn't have any problem finding good women when I became conscious and started to do the things I need to do for myself my community <laughs> my family I can't find shit Brother, 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 can, can I can I get a, can I get a rewind on that? <laughs> this is like a poetry event. Can we rewind oh, that? Like, <laughs> but uh, but the girls that I connect with live in New York, live in New Jersey, live in Canada, live in Africa, and shit, COVID. I mean, I used to love to travel, but you know, I, COVID just kind of messed things up for me, and I just you know I'm just sitting back and I'm just kind of waiting. I'm just building myself up. I'm building myself up, building my company, working in my community, doing the things that I can do as an individual. And I know that I'll get what I need to get. And I'm going to be patient. And and that's the only thing that I can do because it's some trash to out there. I'm telling you, it's just, it's just garbage juice everywhere I go, man. So, so and, you're saying if it's, you're saying if it's long distance, there's really no way you can gauge. It's just, oh, you just, I don't, I don't, you just blowing so. in the wind. Yeah, pretty much because I mean you you can't you, you have to be able to see somebody you have to be able to see them because I can talk all day about what I who I am what I'm doing I can I mean just think about actors think about what they do to become that character I mean it's the same thing people do that people become a character and you can't you don't know the difference talking to them on the phone they perfected that but seeing somebody is saying that I don't wear short skirts but then you. You pull up on them and you see them in a short skirt, you know, you can tell the difference. But, you know, it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's diff- it would be extremely difficult for me to be in a long-distance relationship if I can't travel. If I could travel freely like I used to, it would be easier. But with the COVID and, and, and the, the, the vaccine and, and all this bullshit that's going on, I don't want to get caught up. So I just choose not to even, to, to I mean, I've met some beautiful, wonderful women. And I'm just like, wow, man, I would love to be able to meet this woman and take her out on a date or just be in her presence. And I'm just like, but I don't even think that that's something I can do right now. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm limiting what, 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 what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing or with a particular woman or whatnot. But, you know, that's just my thinking. It just be extremely difficult to be with somebody long distance and see who they really are. Cause I mean, I've, I've been in a situation where, I was with with this with this Filipino girl this was a while back, and I'm fucking this girl. Why she talking to her, her soulmate? Like, and I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. And he had no idea. He never knew. I think they're married now. I'm like, he never fucking knew. You never know what you're dealing with on the other side of that phone. Wow. On the other side of that video. Wow. It's a but. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, no, 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 and, and 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 that's that's you you hit on a great point because you really you you don't know you're basically going on what the person is telling you, and you have yeah yeah you you have nothing else to go on. Uh, on a side note, uh, Theodore, we're we're gonna meet next month, so I'll keep you informed on that. We talked about that before, so. Yes, sir. I sent you, and I sent you an email too. I sent you an email. I responded back. Yeah, so we could. Okay, okay. I'll check that right now. Cool. Um, Natasha, Crow City, and then Martine. 
You know why, Tamoya? Because you're not on stage. Why? It, I'm not. No, you're not on stage. You're still in the audience. So I, I know I. You might need the PTR, Yorema. What is that? Pull, pull, pull to, to refresh. refresh. Pull to refresh. Yeah, like yeah, pull your screen down. down and refresh and everything. So everybody's in order. Oh. Because I, I see Tamoya on stage. I see her on stage as well. Do you? So how do I pull to ref- what do I do? You just pull your screen down, like just like re- you know how you refresh your screen, just pull the screen down. Oh. Or slide your finger from the top of your screen that I mean from the top of your phone to the bottom of your phone. Okay. Just slide it down. And then slide it back up. Nope, if you just slide it down and let go, it'll do it. Oh. Like if you're scrolling down, if you just slide it, you'll see the little the little thing swarming around at the top and then it'll refresh. Okay, go go ahead, Tamoya, because I'm 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 not I'm not tech savvy, so I, I could be here all night with this trying to slide this screen down. Go ahead. He is not gonna skip me. Yeah, right, right. My bad, my bad, Emperor. No, you're fine. So peace and light to everyone. Um, great conversation. Theodore like definitely hits a nail on the coffin. I've actually you know experienced a long distance relationship, and <laughs> I actually ended up moving to Miami, and it was it was great at first, and then it just kind of turned left. So I'm not gonna speak too much on that, but the t- <laughs> but the topic can toxic relationships turn healthy um i mean it depends on you know the individual and if people are willing to put in the work i mean like theodore said i feel like so many people are getting in these relationships and they have past history and they still have you know dealing with hurt and pain from previous relationships or you know even things from their childhood um so i mean it can work if both partners are equally committed to overcoming. Um, you know, you have to have a lot of open communication, uh, honesty. There has to be a lot of self-reflection. Um, and, you know, it's going to require each person to literally examine their actions and do the inner work. And, you know, once you go through those steps and if it's still not working out, then you just have to move on. I feel like what I see in a lot of relationships is people, they don't know how to move on or they don't know when to move on and they get stuck. And then next thing you know, one year turned into two years and then two years turned into five years. And now they just feel like, oh, I put, I invested all this time. And it's just like, if it's not working, just leave. You know, so many people, especially women, I would say, are afraid to just be alone. <laughs> you know, I said this before, like people just need to learn how to be by themselves and really truly get to know self before they can commit themselves into a relationship. And I, I see that so many times. I mean, I have girlfriends, I'm like, 12 years, no ring, no nothing, girl. Okay, I mean, we just need to learn how to really be with ourselves and get to know ourselves first before we jump into relationships and then people don't take the time to even get to know one another like for me like I 
I spend some time getting to know someone. Like, I'm at that age now. I don't have time to be jumping from people to people. I don't have time for games. So I'm looking to build a friendship first. And if you're not okay with that, then you can go. I mean, period. Like, I'm not trying to rush into nothing. I'm not giving my body up. Like, I'm trying to know who you are. And, hey, we could just end up just being friends. You just you might be someone I can build with and confide in. But, you know, not everyone is for everyone. And everyone just meets someone and automatically just starts looking at their future with this person. And they think so far ahead instead of just being in the moment and really, truly getting to know that person. So I just encourage everyone to really get to know people and stop jumping into these relationships. Yeah, thank you for that, um, Tamoya. That, 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 for that, for that feedback, uh, Natasha. Hey guys, how are you? Peace. Yeah, um, on the topic, can a toxic relationship turn healthy? I don't think so, but I also believe that it depends on how bad it, it has gotten. Because I almost look at it like when you drop a glass on the ground, yes, it is possible to find every single piece and put it back together, but I just feel that it will never be the same. And it also depends on what took place. Like, for instance, if it's something like cheating or something like abuse or things like that, I find that it's a lot, I, mean, I don't even think it's encouraged to want to stay in a, in a relationship like that, especially if you value a partner that is loyal and somebody who, you know, can contain their anger without physically harming you, right? So I would not think it could become healthy. Um, I do believe in the, you know, honeymoon phase of your relationship. Of course, you're still getting to learn them. You don't know their communication style. You may have different challenges. And I do believe it's possible to overcome those things respectfully if there was always that kind of, like, friendship and love for each other. But I feel once it gets to a point where you can't even have a civil conversation, it I, I just don't see it really working past that point. And I guess it would really take both of you to really be committed to working on things. But I find in any toxic relationships that I've known, seen, or even been in myself, that it usually is one dominant partner who really has a lot of healing to do and oftentimes don't even realize that they have those issues until the relationship is over and they've been by themselves for a period of time to really see that, hey, this keeps happening in every single one of my relationships. Perhaps it isn't that, you know, it was that person just not understanding me or not just doing what I wanted, but I really have an issue. And unfortunately for some men and women, it takes them dating quite a number of people before they realize without, you know, being told or berated or whatever, that it really was them. You know, so I I would disagree. I don't think it's as easy as some people may think it is. Or just two willing partners, because I think most people do want it to work. Most people are trying to make it work. But any relationships I've seen that have been really really toxic, they stayed that way. <laughs> and even if they did heal for a little bit, they ended up reverting back to that as soon as the next argument came up again. So I know it sounds kind of pessimistic, but yeah. I think it's rare that you can actually see a toxic relationship get healthy. It's not impossible, but I do think it's rare. Thank you. Thank you for that. And no, you, you not, you didn't, you, you sounded like you were spitting your truth and what you've been through. And so we appreciate that. Jay Bliss over here, Jay Bliss over here on Zoe. Oh, but Jay Bliss Zoe over here on IG. Oh, you're about to start something. 
Jay Bliss says the real thing is women need to comprehend that men are naturally polygamist. Therefore, you shouldn't get mad when your man so-called cheats. Uh. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Yeah, I think that subscribes to that belief. So uh, do you have enough money to be polygamous? Do you have enough money? If we have enough money, then yeah, I'll do it. Hold on, I don't think it has to do with money, y'all. Yes, it do, because if you have a wife, then you need to take care of your family. Like, so you I, can take wives. I agree, and we and that's 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 the that's the distinction I was gonna make. Not that you know. Uh, some people may confuse that with with all right if 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 the money's right I'll get down for whatever but but um just to address the comment that he made um there's a difference between polygamy and cheating cheating implies that there is trust that was broken right all right it means that Fact. someone is kept in the dark you know there's deceit going on all right there's 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 that someone wasn't uh, uh on board with that decision right uh polygamy is something completely different where all parties are consensual right so so there is a difference between polygamy and cheating one involves um lots of trust and the other one uh is is broken trust so you know there is a distinction that needs to be made yeah uh um and i think that I think that, you know, I, I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I think there are different uh, relationship structures. you got polygamy, you got polyamory, you got monogamy um, and and probably a host of others that I don't know about. But I, I, I kind of want to as far as we want to stay focused. Um, it wasn't it was an interesting uh, thing. Um, and I think that there is maturity there. Is, I, I know some some people who are in polygamous relationships who are very it's 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 done from a mature standpoint, like they're in it for it, it, it's not it's not for sexual gratification for the man, uh, as many would like to believe these people that I personally know that are in it, they're they're economics they're practicing group economics on a whole nother level that monogamous couples many don't know about. Um, and uh, they say the least bit of the issue is the sex. So I think that, you know, especially when it comes to saving the black community and black families, I think that we have to look at um, we have to look at all different avenues and we have to understand that the monogamous uh, this this structure that they have set up again is a European structure. Whether we want to admit it or not, this is a European concept, a European structure of relationships that we partake in, that we are trying to make work. And, and, and that that within itself might be part of the problem. So um, <clears throat> I just wanted to add on to that. Um, we were getting down to uh, Crow City and uh, Martine. Well, just to answer uh, the, the uh, well, thank you for having me on the stage. But Natasha, she really like. She really uh, pinpointed a lot of things um, that I can totally agree uh, with her. Um, but I just do want to say that I don't, um, I, I don't believe. Uh, a, a, well, no, no, I do believe a toxic relationship can become healthy. Um, just a perspective I want to just uh, touch on. You know, some people um, you have to grow. Um, you know, some toxic situation it requires growth. And from my perspective, from my experience, you know, um, at one point in high school, I was a jerk, you know, and now that I, you know, I'm, I'm more matured, you know, was it 
was it fair to her to say? You know, was it you know was it was it healthy? You know, you know how could you determine that? So I just want to say like yeah, uh, 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 you can um, make a toxic relationship healthy, but it is very very rare. It just depends on the circumstances. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for that, brother. Appreciate that, uh, Martin. And uh, how are you? having me on. Good evening, everyone. Um, from my personal experience and watching toxic relationships, I've never honestly seen them become healthy. Um, the people haven't been willing to do the work. And if, if they do wind up healing, they don't usually wind up in the relationship with the same people that they were in the toxic relationships with. They've moved on and grown and gone to a different frequency and vibe. So, mm. it can happen, but it's rare. Okay, thank you for that, Kiki Welch. Hey. Peace. Oh wow, y'all. Hey, everybody. Uh, good evening. So, this, okay, I'm married right now. Um, but I walked into the relationship toxic, very, very toxic. Um, I grew up around toxicity. Like I watched my parents, their marriage, there was a lot of domestics and, you know, things like that. I watched my aunts, my cousins, um, that was my norm. So that's what I thought a relationship consists of. Um, my previous relationships consists of toxicity. I was toxic, they was toxic, but when I met my husband, um, he wasn't toxic. You know, he argued differently. So um, it, it was weird for me because I thought it was something wrong with him, you know, because he didn't argue like I argued. Um, mm. He didn't disrespect me. You know, I'm used to, I was used to uh, being in situations where, you know, the argument occurs, we call each other out each out our names, we do all this stuff, and then, you know, we make up. He didn't argue like that. He was just like, that. that's not cool, that's not normal, you think that's normal? And I'm like, yeah, like, you don't. Um, I learned from him, um, like I said, I was the toxic one, but I learned for a lot from him, like, um, I was so used to when I would get into an argument with my significant other, I would attack the person, not the problem. Mm. He, didn't, he didn't subscribe to that. Teach. His theory was attack. If I'm doing something wrong, attack the problem. Don't attack me. And um, mm. so he got to a point where he almost left me. That was the eye opener because he almost left me. And I'm like, wait, you finna leave me because I call you, you know, a B-A-N. I'm not going to say the word, but y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah. He's like, absolutely, because I don't, I, you got to find somebody who sees disrespect on the same level as you do so that when they cross the, or so that when they cross the line, they don't feel like you're over-exaggerating. Because I'm not exaggerating by you calling me, a, you know, a B-A nigga. Like, wow. that, that's not cool. Like, I can't use this same mouth to disrespect you and then turn around and, and, and give you words of affirmation and love. Like, I, it doesn't it doesn't work like that. And um, essentially what I learned is that um, my, my childhood and, you know, my upbringing and what I was raised, it was all wrong. 
but I was I, I grew up in that environment. You know, sometimes you can be used to the wrong thing to where like you really don't understand that it's wrong until you meet somebody who sees this error and and loves you enough to try to help you correct it. So today I don't I don't I, I, I don't call him the N word. You know, I don't call I don't use the if the if something comes up where it's a disagreement, I don't attack him, I attack the problem, I don't attack the person. I say, Hey, you know, when you do this you make me feel like this or, you know, when you do this it comes off like this. Can you help me to understand, you know, what what you're doing here, you know? And then it, it were, our communication is way more healthier. Um Mm. But I can say that toxic relationships, because in the beginning we did have a toxic relationship, but I think that I would say that if both the people are toxic, uh, the likelihood of that maybe turning healthy may be a struggle. But if one person is toxic and the other person is not toxic, I do believe that that relationship can turn healthy. And I guess I would be living a living witness of that because here I am 12 years later and I don't even communicate with people the way I used to communicate with them prior to him. You know, so there is um, if the person, the toxic person is willing to learn something. Um, I do believe that that toxic relationship can turn healthy. I'm Kiki Welch and that's all. Wow. That was that was uh, that was really powerful uh empress let me let me ask you a couple of questions because i'm just uh because because of your experience in the relationships or or the the experiences that you've had and i kind of grew up the same way i i uh, with had a stepfather that was very toxic um and you know um constantly drinking constantly beating on my mother constantly beating on me um and uh it actually, it actually made me um, react the opposite. Like I get in, if I get in arguments or situations with a woman, I'm leaving. Um, I don't, I just don't, I, I'm not, we're not going to go there on that until cooler heads prevail. What I want to ask you is that, did it take away, because there was a certain part of you that submitted. And it sounds like you submitted when he was, in the process or about to leave. And it was an eye opener. Did that, and I'm asking this for a specific reason, because sometimes when we talk about, when we talk about the empire or the kingdom of the home, there's the kingship and then there's the queenship. And there is the, there is a natural order of things, whether people want to realize that or not, whether people want to accept that or not, there really is a natural order. Did that hurt your queenship to submit? Did that hurt your queenship to ask him to help you? Absolutely not. Um, see, that was the good thing about him is that he challenged my growth, right? So he, he wouldn't settle um, with this... Um, he wouldn't settle with my ways and uh he brought see this is the thing um i'm independent he's independent but like he brought something to the relationship that i lacked in with other relationships and that was a fear of god um he was a god-fearing man in my previous relationships i never dated a man who was a god-fearing man i never dated a man who would pray with me and for me I never dated a man who like really wanted to see me win. I I dated men who um, I was dating from a hurt place. Um, they were hurt, and we were just like 
I guess you could say like uh, we were just a convenience for each other. Um, he wasn't he wasn't hurt. He was he was a healed person. Like he was a God fearing man. He believed in God. You know, he had a vision. He had you know he was way more established than uh, others. And um, I don't know if it was my spiritual side, but it was something about him that like I. I was, I, I made a, I, I, so when, when he and I, uh, when he got to the point of where he was going to walk out, it, it was a situation not really between he and I, it was me and his mother. And I, I come from a background where like my mouth was reckless. Like, this is just what I did. I was very well at like my choice of words. Like I could, I could kill you in one sentence. Molly you know what well. I mean? Like I, that's what I did. You know, I didn't bring a, a knife to a, to a gunfight, you know, so like my mouth was so reckless and I, I was used to doing it with my previous children's mother and they'd allow it, but like, he was just like, oh no, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, when, when he, see, cause I believe in submission. I believe that, um, submission is submitting to a mission. You know, we both have to have a mission and a vision and this vision is what we're submitting to. Although I do allow my husband to lead. Um, so for that reason, um, I don't believe that like I had to, um, hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I'm trying not to like go too deep and like lose you guys, but I guess. To, oh, no, no, just, no, no. Empress. My page is deep. We want deep. We want deep. You you ain't on your Rima Karama's page and we talking just some bullshit. We want deep. I go deep. We go to the we go to the depths over here. Open up and go deep, Empress. Okay, so um Okay, so like I was saying, I, I've always been a God fearing woman, you know, but I've just never came across a God fearing man. I've met men who were of the world and I never met a man that was that I thought was worthy of being submissive to. Um, mm. When I met him and he understood me and when he when I realized he understood me, um, I had a vision. He had a vision. And um, to me, that's what submission is. Submission is uh, is to submit to a mission. Right. So um, and I don't really want to get biblical here, but like um in the Bible, when it says, um, you know, wives, submit yourself to your husband. Uh, if you just read about two verses back, it also says submit yourself one to another, right? Uh, the reason it says that is because both the husband and the wife um, both have to have a mission that's bigger than themselves, right? And they both have to submit too. So talking about the power of, you know, us and we versus the power of I and me. Right. So both of both of us had to give some ground and do some work with this. And it took structure. And I understood the structure early on. You know, um, I grew up where my mom ran the household. You know, my my, my stepfather, um, he just let my mom do whatever. And I used to be like, I don't want that. Like, I want a man to, to leave. Like, I, I understood, like, the the power of structure and I believe that you know a man is supposed to lead you know the wife is supposed to submit and not submit like uh submit to something that you want to do because that's really not submitting I know people that feel like you know well, if I submit to something that I want to do well that's really not submitting submitting is when you um your submission is not doing something you want to do you know submission is saying that we have this mission that's important enough that I'm willing to sacrifice my opinion 
uh, because it's not about me, it's about we. And um, I always had that in me, but I just never had somebody worthy of like submitting to or, you know, having this vision with. When I met my husband, um, he was already established. Like he didn't really need me, you know, like, and, and I say that because he could have, he could have had any woman in this world like even if it, if they were just there for his money you know but it, same with him he didn't he couldn't find a woman who had a faith in God so he felt like you know if God didn't send you to me I don't want you mm. um, when I got with him um I just had to do away with a lot of a lot of things that I thought was right I had to do away with a lot of things that I grew up understanding was the right thing I had to do away with a, a whole lot of things that my mother told me you know and accept the fact that my mom was wrong you know because I, I I don't know but um I guess to, to just boil it all down it's just that um I already had that in me being mm. submissive so if you, if I'm submitting to a person who wants to see me grow, who wants to see me be a better me, who challenges me to be a better me, who does not allow me to like uh, settle for like who I, you know, who I'm content with. Like he, like my husband is like, I own three businesses, right? I only had a vision for one, but I had talent. I had a, a whole bunch of talent, a whole bunch of unused talent that was stuck, that was you know packed in a storage closet. But like he made me tap into that, like nah, don't don't settle. So um, it was hard to allow somebody that pushed me that that hard to just walk out of my life. Did it was you, too hard. Did you ever did you ever resist any of his challenges? In the beginning, yeah, because I felt like I, I, I was immature. So I would look at it like, oh, you know, he's um, controlling me. You know, the immature mind wanted me to believe that he's trying to be controlled and he's trying to make me do this and do that. And it's like, no, you know, why would I allow you not to do business? Why would I allow you to just settle with just doing this? Yeah, you do hair good, but so what? It's a million other women out here that can do hair good. What are you doing with it? So like, Mm. I never resisted. Well, no, I did resist, but it was until it, it wasn't until like he communicated. See, he's a really great communicator, like a, a very great communicator. So like we get into arguments. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And he's like, why? And I didn't have an answer Well, because I, I just do. Well, that's not good enough. Like, you know, if, if he, he asked me one day, he says, so when you go before God, right? And he says, I gave you this gift to do this, 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 and that. Why didn't, why did you only do that? What are you going to say? And I, and I stood, I stood there and I'm like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, that's the main reason why you need to be doing all of that. So when you get before God and he asks you, and I gave you this, this, and this gift, I'm proud of you for doing it. Won't that make you feel better? And I'm like, yeah. So he he knows how to like kind of get you to the point where it's like, I need to do this. You know, I need to stop slacking. I need to do these transitional homes. I need to help these people. I need to be a part of this mass incarceration. I need to tutor people and get on Zoom and show people how to perfect their, their craft with hair or sublimation. Like anything I have to offer to this world, I need to be giving it to the world. Mm. So like... I, I never really, I, in the beginning, like I said, when I was immature, but when I grew, it was hard for me to be resistant towards anything that he said. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, there's one over here, and I know, D, you want to cut in. It's a comment over here. It says, there's a difference between a man that's in control and a man that's controlling. 
Facts. All day facts. B, go ahead. Yeah. Definitely, definitely what you just said about the control thing. Um, so I think uh, one, one thing we got to do is, is speak to the root of, 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 of certain issues. Um, and in our community, y'all can hear me good? Yeah, you sound... Yeah. Okay, my bad. Um, my headphones be tripping. So in our community... Um, what we've allowed to happen and you know uh, uh, Sister Kiki like I, I appreciate your transparency and you know and, and your perspective and everything um, and so just everybody listen I just want y'all to hear me out because if it sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm going left I'm bringing it full circle so this is what I feel like is the root of the issue right here uh, when it comes to our relationships and the way that we function within this society um, we have com- been completely disenfranchised from who we are as men, who we are as women, not just in the physical bodies, but in the spirit world, what it means to represent the divine masculine and the divine feminine. We have to understand how that's happened systemically over, over a long period of time, because the way that we function now in relationships is nowhere near what's, um, what's most, uh, what's the word, um, you know, what's, I guess what's most natural to us and how we're supposed to operate. Now, you can go back and forth about polygamy and monogamy and all the rest of that. Um, that can that can vary across cultures all across the world, even among African cultures. They have all different all different types of structures of family and relationships throughout the continent, you know, throughout history. But one thing that's a fact is that the way that we've operated in relationships in terms of um, our, our divine masculinity and femininity has been completely misconstrued, distorted, and and uh, taught to us in a toxic way through the lens, through the Western lens, through Christianity. And so the issue is this. If I was to understand what it meant as a man to protect and provide the black, for the black woman, I got to understand why that's the case. And what I got to understand is that the universe is feminine in nature. Everything, everything that's natural to this universe is feminine in nature. And so with that respect, I got to understand that the, the, the masculinity in me is to protect that femininity because that's the source of all life. You know, the woman is a vessel through which the cosmos manifests into this physical reality. And so the whole idea, the reason why I say that you know, the Christian indoctrination has actually been a detriment to our relationship structure is because we're conditioned to, to believe that, you know, the creator is a male who in, in his image created a male first and then derived a female from from the male, as in, you know, uh, the, you know, the rich. Mm. And so what, what that does to the psyche of men in a patriarchal society is that for one, your assumption that, that God is a male or that, that men represent God's image, your assumption is that men are the ones to control. Men are the, are, are, are the, the primary, um, you know, the, the, the dictator in, in a sense. You know, where in reality, you know, the idea that Eve eating the apple and being the, the, the cause of the, the fall of mankind that, that is extremely detrimental to 
that the subconscious outlook that we have on what it means to be a woman, what it means to be feminine, what it means to give birth. You know, if you think of it as a curse, then you don't give it as much value. You know, and so not only is that a problem to think that way, but it's also a problem because it's completely the inverse of how we've always operated prior to European influence. You know, we always understood that our woman was on the pedestal. We, we always, we always uh, revered the essence of divine femininity because we understood that, you know, the, the, the feminine is the eternal end-all, be-all. It's the darkness. You know, and I say this all the time, like, the, for anybody who doesn't know, you know, the, the, the feminine energy represents the darkness of the soil, you know, where all things exist. You know, and it may exist in chaos, but we know that order is born out of chaos. So all things that can be derived in, into order existed in chaos first, which is darkness. The masculine energy is the seed through which that light is dispersed out of the darkness. Whatever already existed in the darkness in the feminine comes out as masculine energy, which is why, you know, prior to uh, prior to a certain point in gestation, you know, all fetuses are feminine or the female until they mutate to become masculine. So, you know, I know it feels like I'm going around in a, in a full circle, but if y'all really think about it, if you really think about it, if I was to recognize that the black woman is God and that all life derives from the black woman, then I would automatically reject any European patriarchal view that will put me in a position to disrespect, disregard, or leave my black woman unprotected. Because that would be the end all be all of my entire existence is to protect and provide for my God. You know what I'm saying? When you're, you're born of a woman, the first thing that you look for is the breast of that woman. That's the first God that you know. You know, as soon as you come into existence, you, you exist within a womb. Just like this entire universe exists within a womb and then things are birthed through that womb. So I say that to say this. You know, if, if we're able to reconnect to who we are um, in terms of um, who and what the divine trinity actually is, it's man, woman, and child. It's not the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost because you cannot leave that divine feminine out of the equation and expect for life to be born. And that's why things are so easily manipulated, why men can become effeminized, our women can become masculine, all the gender roles all confused, you don't know who's who, and sis, this, and all. You can only do that when you confuse what it means to be feminine, what it means to be masculine. Now, of course, we all have that balance. All things in life are created with the balance of divine masculine and feminine, the yin and the yang. I have my, my feminine half, just like, you know, women have their masculine half. You know, you, what, you, what you would expect in a healthy relationship is for both parties to be in touch with both their masculine and their divine feminine so that they can operate in a balance to complement one another. But when, that, when that's out of balance, then you got all types of confusion and you got feminine dudes that, you know, are, are responding to the femininity in a woman from a combative angle because they're just as much woman at this point as you are. You see what I'm saying? Because they've been effeminized through the subconscious conditioning of the social experiment that we're in. And so, you know, that's 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 kind of where I'm at with it. You know, all due respect, you know what I'm saying? But the bottom line is we got to stop playing games with the the, uh, the twisted moral code that's been given to us because it's not our moral code. You know, that 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 is 
specifically for a group of people who exist in a patriarchal matrix that they created for themselves and they stripped us from all things that are most natural to us. And so while we talk about, you know, being equally yoked and having a certain vision that you can collectively work to together, what is that vision and who does it benefit? If that benefit is not bigger than you and your relationship, then what are you doing again? You see what I'm saying? If, if, I come, if I'm coming together with somebody, my expectation is that what we're doing together is not just for the sake of, you know, me being happy, you being happy, let's be hugged up and watch Netflix and chill. It's, hey, what are we doing as a team to combine our forces, my divine masculine, your divine feminine, to birth something into this world that's going to transcend our relationship? It's going to transcend. It's going to transcend the longevity of of whatever it is that we're doing right now. Whether we're going to stay together, whether we're not, I understand that us crossing energies is for the sake of pushing forth something into this into this world. You know, in a relationship, what I, what I feel like the structure should be is not necessarily. I don't expect a woman to solely say, "I want to submit to you," because we're supposed to be submitting together. We're supposed to be submitting under each other. You see what I'm saying? I don't, I don't need to point my fingers. All right, woman, do this, or all right, woman, do that. Da, da, da. I want to come and confide in you. You know, I, I want to be able to tap into your divine feminine so I can get some guidance as to how to move out in this world. Because that's where your value is is really held as a woman. You know, you're the soil. So I'm gonna I'm tap into my soil when I come in the house. I'm 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 gonna dig deep into that 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 warm soil where I know my seed will be cultivated. And everything that I need, all those nutrients that I need, I can receive from my woman. So when I go out into the world, I can spring light forth. I can spring light forth into the world with all of that energy that I was able to derive in that womb of my home. So it's a whole lot bigger than just, you know, oh, it's toxic because we argue and it's this and it's that. It's like, do we understand who we are? Or are we just going based off of a scripture that was given to us? Because it is a script. I think it depends on the people and the and the situation. Um, for me, <laughs> uh, like I said, when submitting to a mission, a vision, like the both of you have to share together, like it's a plan, um, and you submit to that mission. Um, as far as leading, um, I do feel like the woman should um, allow the men, the husband, to lead. Um, <laughs> um, I don't like I said I don't I don't like to get too deep because everybody don't does not believe in the Bible a lot of people don't believe like everybody has their different uh, levels of belief um, but I do feel like uh, the reason why it is a good idea to submit a mission and have a mission that's bigger than you and your significant other like our vision um, was to make sure that uh, our kids wouldn't have to work or I'm sorry not not that they wouldn't have to work, but that they would uh, walk into a family business uh, instead of having to go and submit a job application, deal with racism in the workplace. I'm in Minnesota, so uh, we had a vision. You know, we, our kids need to go to college. We need to make sure college funds are paid. Uh, and these are the things necessary to do so that, you know, our children um, could understand, like, generational wealth. They could understand, like... Uh, we weren't taught when I was younger about, you know, how important credit is. We weren't taught how important, you know, a lot of things were, you know, owning your own business. My mother's requirements was finish high school. You know, her mother's requirements was, 
you know, I don't even think they had one. They were having children at early ages, you know, things like that. So I had to come out of that, um, again, those generational curses and, and provide more and teach my children more uh, in this day and age because, like I said, credit is important, you know. Um, just a lot of things that weren't taught to me in my childhood. Now, what I will say is this, anything with two heads is a monster. So if me and my husband... Um, have two different visions and uh, and then we're cre- it's a monster like the relationship will go nowhere so it, it does make sense for you to be equally yoked with somebody because how can if you have one vision and your spouse has another vision um like i said anything with two heads is a monster so where exactly is that relationship gonna go it's gonna go nowhere um if if you if, if there's a situation and, and I can hear by, you know, the things that you're saying, uh, and you were right, D, I'm not trying to become combative or uh, maybe um, challenge anything that you've said, but what I'm, all I just wish to say is that the structure um, in a relationship, if the man is not leading that, if the man is not leading that relationship, um, Unless, I mean, I, it may, I don't know. I've never seen a situation where the woman was leading, she was happy with leading, and this relationship was just so successful. I believe that that's the order of structure. The man should lead. Um, I do feel like the woman should submit, and I feel like the man should submit too, but they should, when the man and the woman submit to each other, it's more so to the vision. Um, when a woman submits to a man, um, I feel like... The, the relationship is way more um, healthier. I could be wrong, but with my relationship, it works. Uh, when I've been in situations where I was a sole provider or I was leading the home, it just didn't work. It just didn't. So, Empress, I, was, I, I think I think Empress that that there's 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 no doubt about that. I think that that it, I don't even think I know it's the natural order. Um, I've said it many times on this feed. It's a woman's it's it's the black woman's job to give life is the black man's job to take life. That's just what it is. Um, At the end of the day, if if, you know, at the end of the day, if you're out in public and somebody disrespects you, um, particularly another man disrespects you, you're going to be looking for your man to stand and take his place in the affairs of men. That's not a battle that you're going to say, well, you know, baby, I'm leading, so let me handle this. No, the man is going to handle it. And in most cases, he's not even you're not even going to have a choice in that matter because this is just what men do. And I think that that one of the problems that one of the issues is not so much um, one of the issues with our community and our relationships within that community it's not so much that women aren't necessarily willing to submit it's that beta bitch males are not taking their place because they can't because alpha males are coming in automatically knowing the leadership position it's just something that's going to happen it's not even something that a person is going to have a choice in and so we can't make the word Submission synonymous with leadership because they're two different things. To su- to, uh, to submit, a man can still submit certain things and still lead. 
submission for a woman is not a weakness. Submission for a woman is basically saying, I'm trusting you to lead, to guide us, guide the goddamn ship. And if we get off course, there's some things that I need to be doing in the background to help propel us forward. There's some things that I need to be doing on the side of you, standing by your side, but I understand that you're in a position of leadership for a reason. I'm expecting you to get us to a certain place. And because we know the mission, we're going to get there together. And so if a woman is in a relationship with a man and she's a and she's the leader. I'm sorry she's dealing with a beta bitch male because that's just not the that, that's just not the natural order of things. Now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that has nothing to do with finance. It has nothing to do with well she's a corporate white collar worker and he's a blue collar worker so because she makes more money than him she's the leader. It has nothing to do with that. And a lot of times people want to particularly in our relationships, they want to base things off of finance. They want to base things off of class. They want to base things off of economic status. They want to base things off of social status. They want to base things off of a uh, 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 work ethic. No, none of those entail leadership in the black home. It's what is the black man doing and what is the black woman doing to support that which they have both agreed is the mission? Exactly. I agree with you. I agree with you. A hundred percent. Agree. A hundred percent. May I share? Um, I agree with, with some. I agree with some. Not necessarily all that, that's been said. But I'll share this. My husband and I married 22 years. We have children with special needs. We don't have what was called possibly the traditional roles. We both know our roles, but we've also both been able to adapt to what is needed to make what work for us work. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes, it makes great sense, Martin. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But with with that said, with that said... Look, oh, go ahead. You weren't finished. May, okay. May I finish? Go ahead. And, and I say that because at one point we, we switched roles. He stayed at home with the boys. They were getting older. And I went out to work because it was easier for him to take care of the children physically. And the, our families had something to say about it. But, and we really had to explain to them why we had to shift, but it worked for us. So my whole point is do what works for your relationship. We can't, we didn't have time or, or, or the energy to care about what our parents thought about what we did. We did what we had to do for it to work for our family. And later on, they came back and apologized, and, you know, 
you guys did what you have to do for, for, for you. So I'm grateful that they were able to, to, to apologize and just realize that maybe what works for, 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 for you in your certain situation might not necessarily work for somebody else. I mean, I'm just saying that respectfully, that there are different situations, different different um, challenges that people have that they don't necessarily have what's considered the traditional roles on the outside looking at. Thank you. Okay, but Martine, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't want to mislead the people that are listening. So we're not. What I'm going to say is this, is that although he was an at-home father, he was still leading. So we can talk about role changing. That doesn't matter. If my woman goes out to work and I have and I'm able to work from home because I'm a business owner, I'm still leading my household. We're not going to get that part fucked up. I'm still the leader. If she's going out to work and I'm and I'm and I'm a stay at home worker because I just have that privilege, not my fault. But guess who's leading this household? And that's how this works. So we can talk about gender roles as far as work is concerned, but we but that doesn't change the gender role on who's leading the household. Oh, I didn't disagree with that. I oh. was just giving a different perspective. Oh, right. I didn't yeah. disagree with that. I did not disagree with that. I never disagreed with that. And I never said that he wasn't leading and that he wasn't working from home. Okay. Yeah, I I, I, I think thank that you. yeah, thank I, you. I just wanted to clarify. Absolutely. I, just, I think it's 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 important because uh, for 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 the for the um, conversation that we're talking about, people can easily get because everybody's not going to be on here. And so CNN News will tell you something different. CNN News will tell you that if that black woman is going out to work and she's going into corporate America, that she's the leader because they want the black woman to be the leader in the black community. Because they want to annihilate and continue to commit acts of genocide against the black man. So they will tell you that and people will buy into that. So um, anybody else want to add? See, I just don't subscribe to a lot of, a lot of these theories. Like I, 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 I've, mm, so I think that uh, what's wrong with the black, with the black community, and I'm not going to waste a lot of time with this, but I think that the issue with the black community is that uh, we we were divided, and um, I come across a lot of uh, women who um, see this division and uh, they accept it. Um, I think it's a generational curse that it's always been the objective of the white man to remove the black man out of the home, and when we when we look at this, even in like even in slavery, that's what they did. They removed the black man out of the home, right? They stopped him from being the protector. And I feel like even in recent history, uh, there was a point in time when, in order for a woman to get uh, assistance from the government, the black man had to be removed from the household. He couldn't be there, right? So uh, we kind of lost in the African American community. I feel like we lost value in the black man and. It shatters me when I go in because I'm a community activist and I hear so many black women and they're just like, or even when I get on Clubhouse and I see like certain rooms that's like, you know, uh, black men are not the prize, you know, um, mm. divide or uh, what do they say? Um, they basically tell you like it's a lie, you know, the black man is not the prize, you know, and I've even had to step in those rooms and uh, politely correct them and say, you know, 
you gotta you you gotta at some point like we gotta stand in solidarity and understand that like or even come to a common consensus and understand that like this is a curse that was brought amongst us and like at some point we have to like remove ourselves like stop I find so in so many situations where like they they find it um I don't know why, but it, it, they kind of re- regurgitate like this this information that's given that like black men are this, you know, they're they're thugs, they're criminals, they're X Y Z, and I feel like the respect for the black man was taken, and here we are, we expect we expect the black man to protect us when we can't even respect them, you know what I mean? So mm. I think that. And then in a situation where you have a woman where the father or the man is a stay-at-home man for whatever the situation is, if it works for your relationship, it works for your relationship. But it's it's so ideal for everybody to say, like, his respect should be taken because he is not um, financially leading this household. There were times when my husband was down, I was up. There was times when I was down, he was up. And I'm saying, like, financially, you know, but I don't care if I make more money than my husband. All I care about is as long as he can still meet me in the middle 50-50 on our uh, responsibilities. You know what I mean? I don't care. A lot of things that people kind of like, I don't know why, but like they, they're just like the man has to take care of the woman. I don't believe that. I believe that, you know, wherever. And I'm sorry if I'm taking this back to the Bible, but I don't I don't know why I always have to use it. But anyhow, um. I do believe that, you know, uh, whatsoever you sow, so shall you reap. So if you're sowing in an area and you're not reaping anything from it, then of course it's going to die, you know. But I also believe that if you're like, I don't see anything wrong, Martine, with your husband being a stay at you being a stay at home wife at one point and then him be becoming a stay at home father or whatever. I don't or husband. I don't think it's nothing wrong with that. I don't. I actually think that, like, the fact that your relationship or your marriage survived that, and maybe you guys are on a better, on a better uh, financial standpoint than previously. I think that that's a, that's powerful, you know, because even throughout the odds, like, I'll be the odds, like, and I don't know why. Like, I, I've dealt with situations where I've had my mother tell my sister, you know, your your husband is in jail, leave him, you know, and I'm just like, no, nah, you don't subscribe to that. Like, you just don't. But I just, again, my thing is just that I just think that the respect for the black man, for some reason, is taken away because of little things that um, if the black woman would stand firm on, like, I, I believe in helping my husband grow. Like, I believe in affirmation. I believe in supporting him. It's not a day that goes by that I, I'm not sending him text messages of affirmation and telling him, like, like King, like, you're needed. And I thank you. I value you. You know, things mm. like that. He does those same things to me, like. But mm. I think that's what we kind of got to normalize, like supporting the black man. Because again, how do we expect the black man to protect us if we can't even respect him? So yeah. Empress Kiki, I want to say, um, I want to say this sincerely. Um, this is this is refreshing, and um, it's refreshing to hear from you because I met the black woman. I met the I've met many of the black women that you were before. And many of them don't come out of that cipher. They don't. And I'm not it's it's nothing to shame them. It's nothing. But many just don't. Many don't have that dude or that man to come in and 
and and guide them. And if they do, some of them don't get the lesson like you got it. And I want to commend you for the growth because I met the black woman that you're talking about. And I'm seeing what the black woman, when she's transformed, can be. And that is you right now. I'm appreciative of that. Thank you. Look it up. Flawed individual. On the wake up. We don't care what your religion is. We don't care what organization you belong to. We don't care how far in school you went or didn't go. We don't care what kind of job you have. We have to give you credit for shocking the white man by not letting him divide you and use you one against the other. In the past, the greatest weapon the white man has had has been his ability to divide and conquer. How do they do it? Divide and conquer. If I take my hand and slap you, you don't even feel it. It might sting you because these digits are separated. But all I have to do to put you back in your place is bring those digits together.